Good morning, Living Water. Um, I have a confession to make. I don't sound 100% yet because I'm not 100%. I've been fighting the allergies like many other people in the Texas Panhandle. I uh, went and got a Kenlog shot on Monday, and I feel 100%. Well, I'm a little fatigued because when you cough all night, you don't rest very well, right? So I might pass out on the stage today, but that's all good because it's not about that, right? But just to let you know, just bear with me this morning. If you can't hear me, just lean in and listen. Uh, but it's good to be in God's house. It's always great to be able to open the scriptures and share some encouragement from um, his word. We kicked off a new series last week called Hashtag Blessed. And the idea behind that series is just kind of leading into uh, Thanksgiving. When we should be thankful, we should have an attitude of gratitude and just kind of turning our hearts toward gratitude. Um, I thought about this, this series, you know, where we're just taking a little bit of a look at all the many different ways that we are blessed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am blessed. Are you blessed this morning? Listen, it's not contingent upon how I feel. I'm blessed regardless of how I feel. I'm blessed regardless of what my bank account says. I'm blessed regardless of what's going on in the world around me. We are blessed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the idea behind this series. So last week, David kicked it off with I am loved. And what a, a great truth to remind ourselves of. We understand it intellectually. You know, God loves the world. Yeah, I get it. But I know me and I know how much I fail, right? And, and so what you're saying is the gospel tells me that God loves me no matter what I've done. That, that's exactly what scripture says. And there's nowhere I can go from his love. There's nothing that can separate me from his love. We are loved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so for me to be able to say, you know what? I am loved, right? And do not question that I am loved. Well, the title of the message today is I am chosen. And I'd like to just go right into the scriptures and read that um, and then share a challenge with you uh, this morning. So Ephesians chapter 2, um, verse 11, read with me. Paul, writing to uh, the church in Ephesus, says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now... You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility and separated us, that separated us. Um, he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. He goes on, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Um, Lord, I humble myself before you. I, I don't feel 100%. Um, 
But I feel distracted this morning, but I, I just humble myself and ask that you would speak through me, Lord, communicate uh, through me this truth. And I pray that as a, as a result, we are encouraged, but we're also challenged today. That we don't look at the things going on around us and, and look for the circumstances to tell us whether or not we are blessed, but we can look to your word. Lord, the foundation, the strong, solid foundation of your word. And it tells us and declares that we are blessed because of the gospel. Let us live like it. Let us be changed by this truth today. Um, we humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So blessed. The idea behind the series is if, if Jesus is who he said that he is, and if he did everything that scriptures tell us that he did, and if everything that he taught us was truth, then what is the significance of that for you and me? What does it mean for you and me? It means we're blessed, right? We are blessed because of Christ. And so <clears throat> I, wanna, I want you to think about something for a moment. I was thinking about this in this passage, and my mind went back to elementary school. Now, elementary school, I was this little bitty scrawny kid. Um, and I remember at recess, I mean, like recess, right? Every day the, the bell would ring, you go to recess. Well, in Mangum, Oklahoma, at the school I went to, there was this big yard, and in the back corner of that yard was a baseball little a net, you know, for the backstop. And so at recess, a handful of guys would just take off running towards the baseball field portion of the playground. And, you know, most of the time I'm hanging out with my buddies, we're doing whatever. Um, but this particular day, I wanted to play baseball. And so I, like all the other boys, I ran over there and I got in line, like they were all getting in line. Now what they would do is they would choose a captain for each of the teams. And one captain would, would start choosing his people. You know, they would take turns. I, I picked Shane or I picked John or I picked, you know, Timmy or whatever. And they would go on and on and on. Problem was, I was in that line and they weren't calling my name. And so the team's building up. They're getting enough players. And I know that they're going to get enough. They're going to finally say, hey, we got enough to play. You guys go do something else. But then it happened. I heard my name. It's the most beautiful sound in my ears, by the way. One guy says, I picked Shane. I went, I'm in, right? I'm on the team. I remember I was so pumped. Here's the problem. I know nothing about baseball. I come from a family that could care less about sports. I played football one time, and they said, you're out there, Shane, you're on offense. And I had to say, is that defense? Is that we have the ball or they have the ball? I have no clue. But I grew up in that type of a family, so to play baseball for the very first time, I didn't have a mitt. I didn't know what. In fact, I almost cried when they said, hey, you're going to be clean up. Because I thought that meant that I was going to stay around after everybody was done and clean up the place. That's how ignorant of baseball I was, but I was on the team. It was big, right? I was chosen. Now it was like, how will they treat me? How will the teammates receive me? Will they, will they be you know, nice to me because I don't know anything? Will they try to teach me all things baseball? Or are they going to yell at me and ridicule me and make fun of me because I don't know what I'm doing? And maybe you can relate. You could probably think of a time in your life when you stepped out for the first time. Maybe it was a job. You're like, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I've been accepted for this position. Or, or maybe it's a group of friends. I, I know I'm not in the in crowd, and they finally asked me to hang out, and you're just overwhelmed with that or Maybe like me, it was sports. Do you realize that everybody that is like amazing in sports at one point started the same way, clueless, they had to be taught everything? Everybody. And maybe you can think of in your mind a time when it was brand new for you and you were chosen, you were accepted to be on a team, to be a part of that group or to be a part of that um, work environment, whatever it may be. Think about it this way. When it comes to our faith, when it comes to uh, this thing that we call the gospel of Jesus Christ, we too um, have this good news that we're chosen to be a part. Now, here's, here's the problem. 
I think sometimes we take for granted the blessings of God. In fact, last week when David was preaching, I wanted so bad to stand up and give my impersonation of Russell Crowe. You know what I'm talking about, right? Gladiator, have you watched it? That's my favorite movie. Russell Crowe gets out and he takes out the gladiators and at one point he stands in the middle of the arena and he flexes and he says, are you not entertained? Oh, I want to stand up and go, do y'all get it? We're blessed in the gospel. Do we really understand it? Sometimes I think we can take it for granted. Can't we? Can't we? And so in that, that thought there, here's the, the reality is we've been included because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been chosen to be on his team. And so the truth about being chosen through the gospel to be on his team should be an encouragement to us as the church. But it should also be a reminder to us as well that we're on a team and there's other people involved, if you're following me. So Paul starts with two words, don't forget. Some of your translations will say, um, therefore. And so when you see therefore, you need to know what it's there for. So you go back in context and see what was prior to that. And so let me just remind you that prior to what we read is verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so no one or none of us can boast about it. That's a pretty powerful passage, right? He says, we need to remember that. Therefore, because of this truth, don't forget. I think that word right there, those two words are important, don't forget, because sometimes we can forget the blessings of God. Sometimes we can forget from where we came from. Sometimes we can forget that we too struggled like other people struggle. Sometimes we can forget. And so he starts with saying, don't forget or remember. So the bad news, he says, first off, let me remind you, verse 11, don't forget that you Gentiles, time out, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Two groups, Jews, covenant people of God, Gentiles, not the covenant people of God. And so Paul starts by saying, hey, don't forget that at one time you Gentiles you used to be outsiders. You know what an outsider is, right? That's the kid that didn't get picked for the team. That's the one that's outside of the crowd, that's on the outside looking in, wanting to be a, a part. He said, that's what you were as a Gentile. You were outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the ones that were in, right? The Jews were like, you uncircumcised heathens? For them, that was a sign of the covenant that they had with God. And he says, you Gentiles, you were outsiders he says they were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. He says, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises of God. God had made to them, he says, that you didn't know those covenant promises. He says, you lived in this world without God and without hope. He said, hey, don't forget. That's where you as a Gentile began. No hope. Without God, outsiders. You don't even know the playbook, right? You don't even know the covenant God, promises of God for his people. That's the bad news. I'm always tempted in my ADHD brain. I told the first service I wanted to sing the song, I like big butts and I cannot lie. But I won't. But to make the point that I love the butts in the Bible. But it's a transition, Right? I love it. It's the bad news, but here comes the good news, right? Hey, you're in a bad spot. You're the outsiders looking in. It is bad for you, but now. Oh, there's so much that we can unpack from just those two words, right? 
but now. What's in that, but now? Well, we have the gospel that Jesus came and he died on the cross for the sins of the world. He was buried and was raised again on the third day. And whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all in that but now. But now you were once an outsider, but now. Here's the good news. Verse 14, he says, for Christ himself, excuse me to back up. But now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God because you were that outsider, you weren't the covenant people of God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Church, that's pretty cool. The gospel of Jesus Christ has brought us near to God. It says through the blood of Christ. The good news, the but now, is that we're united with Christ, we're brought near to God, and we are recipients of his peace. It says in verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. So that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aren't you grateful for the gospel? Now, here's something we don't need to forget um, is the means by which we are brought near. Um, he, he spells it out for us. And again, you can unpack this and just go forever talking about what all it means. But he says that we've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Through what? Through the blood of Christ. The sacrifice of Christ. That's the means by which you and I are brought near to God. We were once outsiders, not on the team, but now. Through the gospel that is, the blood of Christ, what he did for humanity, he has now extended the invitation, whosoever wants to be on the team, come on. Isn't that cool? The, the good news is now we're included. I'm so glad he included us I'm in his grand scheme of plan. Now, before you say, well, is that God's plan B? Because he already had his team, right, in the Old Testament. The Jews, that was his, his covenant people. And, and so we know in Romans 11 that they rejected, and he talks about all of that there. And so because they rejected the Messiah, then he turns the gospel to the Gentiles. Is this some sort of a plan B? Mm-mm. And just to kind of expand your thinking a little further, or maybe even blow your mind, it does mine because the Bible says his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Sometimes I can't even understand how it all fits together. And hallelujah, one day when we get to heaven, we'll go, oh, that's how that works. Yet right now here on earth, we're fighting about it. But one day we'll figure it out. But listen to what he says in chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, before he created, he says God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. The gospel makes the difference, church. I am so thankful for Jesus. Are you? Who he is, what he did, what he teaches. It just means so much more. The significance is we are blessed through the gospel. We are chosen to be a part of his offer of salvation and I love that <clears throat> verses like whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you'll be saved I mean there are a handful of verses there that are encouraging to me where you see that extended invitation to us to be a part of his team 
So I mentioned something a moment ago, the means by which we are brought near to God is through the blood of Christ. And I think it's significant for us to remember this too, because as he says earlier, don't forget, I think sometimes we can forget where we came from. And it's good to remind ourselves that we weren't chosen to be a part of God's great family or this team, if you want to use that illustration, because we could bring something to the table. Right? Just like I was that first time with baseball. I was so unqualified and ignorant of all things baseball. And they didn't choose me because I was the biggest kid, the fastest, or I was a good baseball player. They just chose me. And I think it's good to remind ourselves that when it comes to the gospel, he didn't say, hey, you know what, man, they're going to be a rock star as a Christian. They're awesome. I want them on my team. No, no. You guys were jacked up, and I was jacked up. And it says God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, he died for us. That's how he proved his love for us. So it's important for us to be reminded that he didn't choose us because we're all that. His love motivated him to extend that offer of salvation to all who would believe. Amen? Isn't that good news? Level playing field there at the beginning. I think it's a good reminder for us because sometimes we can, we can forget that and we can, um, man, we can operate our lives um, in, in, in a very dangerous way um, in the context of the church and the, and the team that we're on, the faith, the family of believers when we don't understand that, or we forget that. Like, like the other teammates that might have ridiculed me because I didn't know all things baseball yet, or that would get onto me when I made a bad play, or jeer at me and mock me. We too, um, in God's family, on God's team, need to be considerate of the ones that he's still bringing onto the team, amen? Because they're coming from a world that, man, we've been away from for a long time, and sometimes it's going to look different. I think sometimes we can get caught up in that and we have expectations that um, maybe are unhealthy at that point in their life. I mean, so just a good reminder. So what do we do with this? Is like you and I need to know this, that God, God indeed loves us. Now, intellectually, yes, God loves me, but do you really understand how much God loves you? That while you're in the middle of your sin, you didn't have to get it all cleaned up first. Right? Because that's the way we think. Like, I want to go to church or I want to get saved, but man, I got a lot of things I got to square up right. Really? As I say, I need to go to the doctor because I'm sick, but I need to get well first before I go to the doctor because I'm sick. It's like, no, the church is a hospital for hurting people. Amen? And just as we are, we come to Him. We say, like, I'm a mess. God goes, I know. And I love you. And I'm offering you that same salvation. Right? And so God loves you. And he wants you on your team. No experience necessary. Like, well, i got to have it all figured out first. No. No. Just as you are. Trust in him by faith. When you place your faith in the gospel, when you say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and there's nothing that I can do to ever make up for that sin, to pay the penalty of that sin, but I recognize through the gospel that you made a way through Jesus. And I'm just trusting in him to get me there. I'm trusting in him to forgive me of my sins, what Jesus did. To place your faith in Jesus means that you have been included in the team, right? And that's good news. But my warning to us as a church would be don't get cocky. You see this in the New Testament with the Pharisees, right? Pharisees, man, they looked the part. They were squeaky. In fact, they probably squeaked when they walked. Rick, 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 because they were so perfect, at least in their own eyes. What did Jesus say about them? This is the religious leaders of the day, the theologians, the Super saints, what did he say about them? He says, what are you scribes and Pharisees? You're like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones on the inside. 
And so that was their problem in the New Testament. I think for us, we've got to be real careful that we don't get cocky, but we remember from where we came from. We were reminded that, you know what, when we came to uh, the faith that we were a messed up people and remember that it is by grace that we've been saved. It's not by our works. He didn't choose me because I, was, I had something to offer or I was qualified. I'm so grateful for the good news is that God equips the ones that he calls, right? I'm a living testimony of that, just being your preacher. I was a cable guy and happy doing it. And whenever I had the opportunity to come be a pastor, I was like, God, you got the wrong sucker. I don't know if I can do this. But my heart was, God, if it's what you want me to do, I'll do it. And I'll just have to trust you to give me what I need. And then a great picture, a beautiful picture that he equips those that he calls. So remember from where you came from. Remember that it's by grace you've been saved, not by your works. So you can't stand around bragging about it. Don't get cocky. And remember this, that you're not alone that we're all on the same team. If you've placed your faith in Christ, we all belong to the family of God. In fact, I like the acronym for team. Together, everyone achieves more. We need each other, don't we? In fact, you could unpack scripture and look at all the one another verses. Love one another, forgive one another, bear with one another, be patient with one another, spur one another on to good works. I mean, there's all these one another. We need each other to recognize that we're on the team. And so I would say this, we need to be careful that we're a good teammate. You ever had a bad church experience? I have. To remind ourselves where we came from, to be a good teammate to the ones that God's still including in his, his family. And so what would it look like if we grabbed a hold of this truth and we truly understood it and we embraced it? I think it should produce within us a few things. Number one, I say it needs to produce confidence, not arrogance, not cockiness, but just a sense of confidence. You know what? Through the gospel of Jesus, I know I don't feel it. I mean, my emotions don't tell me. The, the, I didn't, the hair didn't stand up on the back of my neck when I got saved, and the angels weren't singing from the heavens. I mean, it was just like I trusted, and I don't base my faith on my emotions, amen, my feelings, because I don't always feel like I'm in his team, on his team. But my faith is based and my, my doctrine and my security is based on the solid foundation of his declared word. Amen? And so it should produce a confidence. You know what? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm on the team. I still don't know what I'm doing. Little baseball kid, I'm going to make mistakes. But I'm on the team. I'm included. There's an old hymn we used to sing. When the Lord said, whosoever, he included me. Yes, he included me. Yes, he included me. Does anybody know that song? Or am I just the only old one in the house today? When the Lord said, whosoever, he included me. I'm on the team. It should bring a little confidence in our walk, right? A little encouragement to us as believers. We are truly blessed because we are called. We're chosen. It also should produce humility. Again, recognizing that, you know what, I didn't bring anything to the team. I didn't bring anything to the table. God didn't save me because I had it all figured out. I mean, he, he saved me because I needed him. And, and so we all come to this thing with zero qualifications. In fact, on our best day, Paul says our righteousness is like filthy rags compared to the righteousness of Christ. And so maybe it should produce a little humility in each one of us to know, you know what, there before the grace of God, go I. When we see another fellow believer stumble into some sin, not to jump on our high horse and go, oh, well, yep, saw that one coming. 
but to realize, you know what? We need to watch ourselves because there's an enemy that would love nothing more than to kick our feet up from under us. Amen? Humility. How about hospitality? It should produce some hospitality. Here, here's some news for you. I mean, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but God is still adding people to the team. We're here on this earth. You would think like, hey, we're, we're saved. And my attitude has always been like, beam me up, Jesus. I'm ready. You've saved me. I'm ready to go to be, be with you in heaven. Just go ahead and take me now. That'd be awesome, right? But we're here. Why are we here? There's still many people, including the Jewish people, his A-team, if you want to use that illustration of the Old Testament, Romans 11 says that he's brought the gospel to us Gentiles to make them jealous. Why? Because he's going to woo them in too. He's still adding people to the team, right? So how about hospitality? Say, you know what? I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful for your decision to follow Christ, your commitment to, to, to be baptized and to demonstrate your faith publicly. I mean, hospitality goes a long way, something I'm very passionate about. And lastly, um, it should produce some consideration. When we see another brother or sister struggling in their faith, to not be so harsh on them, to expect things of them that maybe we've already conquered in our own lives, but just say, you know what? I see a brother or sister struggling. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to come alongside them and help them in their walk of faith. We're on the same team, amen? And so this idea that I am chosen, I am blessed because I am on the team. I was an outsider, but through the gospel of Jesus Christ, I have now been included, should make you smile at the very least, right? It should make us go, you know what? This is so epic. It's so awesome that he's included me in his great plan, and I don't understand how it all fits together before the foundations of the earth. What? I don't get it. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus plus nothing. It's all about Jesus. And when we understand who he is, what he did, and the truths he taught us, it just has a significant impact in our lives. It truly means that we are blessed. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of your checkbook, regardless of what your doctor says, regardless of anything going on in politics, anything else, we are blessed because he declares that once we place our faith in him, so many things we're adopted, we're sealed until the day of redemption, we're grafted into the vine. Golly, we've been given the precious seal of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned that, but the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, you could go on and on about all the many different ways that we're blessed when we place our faith in Christ. Amen? Amen. So are you blessed? Amen. Woo, I'm blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. I'm blessed. And I hope that maybe we can just evaluate in our own hearts and just remember, don't forget just how blessed we are and that God's still in the business of bringing people into the fold and, and just to be mindful of that as we continue to grow. So the question this morning is, would be, are you on the team? Uh, he's extended that invitation for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever includes whosoever. Have you responded to his invitation? The most important decision you'll ever make in your life, you hear me say it all the time, is what do you do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you on the team? Christian, you're on the team. You've been walking this walk for some time. And you just kind of find yourself going through the motions. I'm just doing it. I'm just done it. Singing the songs. Open the Bible. I'll try to read it before I go to bed. I'm just kind of going through the motions, right? Maybe it will challenge us in our walk to say, you know what? I, I, if I consider from what he brought me from, that he included me, oh, man. I, 
well, what should I do with that? Well, Ephesians 4.1, in fact, let me just read it real quick because uh, Paul goes on. I love Ephesians because in this he's declaring who we are in Christ and what Christ has done. Then he transitions in chapter 4. He says, okay, therefore, because of all of the blessings and what he's done for us through the gospel, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, Paul speaking, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one spirit, just as you have been called um, to one glorious hope for the future. It's all about Jesus. Amen. We are truly, truly blessed. Father, I thank you for that truth, uh, Lord, that you have chosen us to be a part uh, Lord, of your salvation offer, that you didn't stop with your um, covenant people, Israel. But Lord, in that moment when they rejected you as Messiah and that gospel was then turned to us, from our perspective, it looks like a plan B, but we know that it was your plan all along. And I just don't understand all that, but God, I just say thank you. I thank you that, that we can look back and remember from where we came from. We can remember that we started at zero. We weren't worthy of being on the team. But God, you... Allow us to be on the, the team through the gospel. And you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when we place our faith in you, we're, we're in, we're, we're there. And so, God, I pray that that would just spark a little bit of excitement in our hearts, a little confidence in our walk, that we know that we are truly blessed because we're no longer outsiders. We are included in your family. But I pray that it doesn't stop there, God. I pray that as we continue our walk, that we be very careful when it comes to relating to one another, that we never get too big for our britches or forget where we came from or think we got it all figured out. We would remember from where we came from. We'd be sensitive to and tender and, and careful and patient and loving. Lord, encouraging one another on toward the goal. Lord, and one day when we all stand before you, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and are all there for one single purpose, that you have united both, both groups into one new family through the faith, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you so much for that. Lord, would you please just uh, move in our own hearts. Lord, if there's someone here that hasn't placed their faith in you, that today would be the day they trusted you for salvation. Lord, we just give you all the glory, all the praise, because you're the one, you and you alone are worthy of it. So Lord, would you be honored in our, our hearts and our lives and our actions as we leave this place today. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.